On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and movie DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Well, once again, welcome to another episode of On Screen Beyond. This is episode eight, and uh, a lot of things going on that uh, are coming out, even though the writer's strike continues, and um, we'll be getting into those in just a minute. But there's a few things I want to let you know about. Uh, first off, the poll question is up on the website, and uh, the question is, what movie do you believe of the nominated movies will be best picture this year for the Oscars? And your choices are, of course, uh, Atonement, Juno, Michael Clayton, No Country for Old Men, and There Will Be Blood. All right, so if you'd uh, like to join in on that one and put your your choice for Best Picture, we'll see what uh, you guys come up with and see if we have the popular vote that will uh, also ultimately become the Best Picture. All right, uh, another thing I want to mention is uh, we've been getting a lot of emails and a lot of people are uh, starting to listen to the podcast which uh, I like that and um, we get to uh, let you know that a lot of people from China are uh, listening to On Screen and Beyond want to welcome you and also uh, let's see of course all across the United States I've been getting a lot of emails and uh, people downloading it and also um, the UK we've had some people from the UK drop us a line and uh, if you want to you know just get a chance to drop us a line at uh, feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com and uh, just let me know where you're coming from, and uh, we'll uh, mention you or your uh, your country or whatever, your state. And it's always fun to know where people are listening. To. And uh, let's see, what else do we got going here? Um, this episode uh, is going to have an interview with uh, a Golden Globe winner who was also a nominee for an Academy Award, and uh, she won a Spirit Award, our interview guest will be Sally Kirkland, and uh, she gives us a nice interview with a lot of different subjects, and she, she uh, talks about uh, just about everything under the sun, and uh, she's a very interesting person. I think you'll enjoy that. That's coming up later on, right here on On Screen and Beyond. And uh, let's see, what else do we got going on? Um, this episode will probably be my only February episode because I'm uh, going to be heading out to Hawaii for a couple of weeks. So I'm uh, going to take a vacation and uh, probably won't have time or the capability of maybe even of uh, getting an episode out. So um, we will be back in um, March or, or ver the very end of February, maybe. I don't know how that will work out. But we'll be coming back with uh, some more episodes and we have some more interesting people who we're going to be interviewing. And uh, then, let's see, what else? In April, I'll be heading to California for the uh, the California Independent Film Festival. So uh, I'll be there and doing some more interviews with some people and uh, getting things set for a while so we can have some more interesting interviews coming your way. And uh, if you get a chance to go to the California Independent Film Festival in April, uh, maybe I'll catch you there. Say hi to me. And uh, we'll see a lot of good films, meet a lot of interesting people. And that's all coming up in, uh, in April. And then in May, um, not quite sure about this one yet, but uh, there's also the Children's Festival in um, 
California that I'll be heading, I might be heading out to. I'm not definite on that one yet. But uh, a lot of interesting things coming up, and we'll keep coming at you with more interviews and more information, more remakes, more movies, more sequels, more TV on DVD, and more movies coming out on DVD, and we'll get it all right here for you. All right, coming up next, we will be going to the remake Madness. It's coming your way right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. That remake Madness just keeps coming your way. Well, it looks like there's going to be a satire on the Christmas Carol. All right, everybody knows that story. It's been done millions of times, uh, but it'll be heading your way, and it's coming from David Zucker. All right, he's the guy from Airplane fame and all those other movies. But um, this time, they're going to have Scrooge being unpatriotic in America and being visited by three spirits who take him on a patriotic journey. All right, and it's going to be set in the 4th of July instead of Christmas. So, uh, it's Christmas Carol redone, I guess, as a uh, 4th of July type movie. All right, and they're going to look, uh, there's also another version coming out that's going to be a remake of the Christmas Carol, like it uh, normally is, uh, from Robert Zemeckis. And that'll star Jim Carrey, and that's coming in 2009, so watch out for that one. And it seems we're going to be having a remake, not added sequels, to the Night. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Uh, looks like they've decided to uh, do a remake of it rather than add more sequels, like I said. And it's in the works right now, but the writer strike, of course, that's going to determine when or if it happens. And we're we're going to be getting and uh, possibly getting a remake of The Crow, which isn't that old, uh, but um, it's uh, if you remember that starred uh, Brandon Lee. And again, it's in the early stages, so we'll see what happens. And once again, I just want to remind everybody, sort of my little plug here, that uh, anything we mention, it uh, could be a rumor, could be um, a definite, but uh, might not be maybe, you know, those sort of things. You never know what's going to happen. Something could be made, then not released. It could be put out direct to DVD. You never know. But um, that's just something to keep in mind of these. What I'm giving you is uh, perspective things that are coming your way. All right? And let's see, one more remake that's going to be coming out. This one is going way, 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 way back in time to 1927. All right, they're going to remake one of the earliest sci-fi films ever made from Fritz Lang, his Metropolis. All right, and uh, that's going to be heading your way for a remake. No definite time for when or if and that type of thing, but uh, that's uh, something that's in the works. And that's about it for remakes on On Screen and Beyond. All right, on the upcoming movies, new movies, look for March 14th. It's the release date of Doomsday, a new sci-fi horror movie about a killer virus that brings about the quarantining of an entire country. It stars uh, Bob Haskins and Malcolm McDowell. Then on June 18, 2010, it'll bring you Toy Story 3 in 3D from Disney Pixar Studios. All right, And uh, Toy Story 1 and 2 are also going to be re-released, but they will be made into 3D with this new technology that Disney has. So look for Toy Story 1 to come out in October of 2009. Then February 2010, look for Toy Story 2 in 3D. And um, then, like I said, June 18th, 2010, Toy Story 3 in 3D comes your way. 
So those are some new things to look out for from Disney Pixar, um, and new and re-released in a new format. Uh, those are coming up in the future. All right, look for Juliana Moore in a supernatural thriller called Shelter. There's no definite release on that one. Uh, we'll keep you informed on it. On March 7th, look for College Road Trip. It's a Disney family comedy starring Raven and Martin Lawrence. And it's about a girl who plans uh, an all-girl road trip to look over prospective colleges. And her overprotective dad decides he's going to go along. So you can figure out what that one's going to be about. And uh, April 4th is the release date for The Ruins. It's about a group of friends who visit a remote archaeological dig uh, in the Mexican jungle, and they find something deadly living among the ruins. And finally, look for Al Pacino in The Rundown as a college professor who moonlights as a forensic psychologist for the FBI. And all of a sudden, he receives a death threat that he only has 88 minutes left to live. And he must track down the killer before time runs out. And that's about it for upcoming movies. Next, we go to Sequel City, right here on On Screen and Beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequels. We have a bunch coming your way, but I also just recently um, heard of RKO Pictures coming out with a whole bunch of remakes, or sequels, remakes, whatever you want to call them, of some of their old catalogs. So uh, in the next episode, I will be giving you more information on that, so I want to just sort of tip you off on that. But as far as sequels, well, we're looking for Vin Diesel to lead Fast and Furious 4. Filming starts next month. And Punisher Warzone, a sequel to Punisher, is projected to hit theaters September 12, 2008. And it looks like Transporter 3 will hit theaters in 2009. White Noise 3 will uh, be coming your way, possibly. White Noise uh, originally starred Michael Keaton in theaters. And then White Noise 2... Well, it went direct-to-video. No word if 3 will be a theatrical release or a direct-to-video. We'll keep you informed on that one. And talks of a sequel to Cloverfield are in the works with the same director, Matt Reeves, and producer J.J. Abrams. Uh, Cloverfield is, of course, still in theaters right now, but um, it looks like they're already going to make the sequel to that. That's it for Sequel City. We're going to TV DVDs coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. All right, we've got a lot of TV DVD releases coming out. Look for Night Gallery Season 2. It uh, may be heading for a release uh, sometime around September, October of this year, most likely for the holiday, Halloween season. And Battlestar Galactica Season 3 hits stores on March 18th. Look for a six-disc set of the Sci-Fi Channel's Galactica. And remember, that's the update of the 80s TV show. And also going back to the 80s, um, The Bionic Woman. Volume 1, but not the 80s series, 
the 2007 series, which uh, was out on NBC for a short time, um, will be coming out. So it's not the Lindsay Wagner show of uh, The Bionic Woman. It's the remake that was done uh, in 2007. That's going to hit stores March 18th. And a four-disc DVD set of Two and a Half Men Season 3 will be uh, in the stores on May 13th. And also look for, in the animation field, we have Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids, Season 1, Volume 1. And it may be heading for DVD release sometime this year. No exact date has been set yet. And 1994's TV superhero show, Mantis, Season 1. Now this is a little confusing because Mantis only had one season, so but they're calling it Mantis Season 1. And uh, that's going to be hitting stores on June 10th. All right. And as far as movies on DVD, we are going to be having Gone Baby Gone. It's going to be released on February 12th, starring Casey Affleck, Ed Harris, and Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman seems to be in almost every movie there is now. Um, the Golden Compass with Nicole Kidman is coming out on April 20, uh, 28th or 29th. Yep. And uh, Lions for Lambs with Meryl Streep, Tom Cruise, Robert Redford coming out on April 8th. And Oscar-nominated Best Picture, Michael Clayton with George Clooney is coming out February 19th. And Oscar-nominated Best Picture, No Country for Old Men with Tommy Lee Jones comes out on March 11th. And Hitman hits DVD on March 11th. And also, don't forget about the Oscar-nominated pictures. Tell me which one you think will be, be uh, becoming the best picture of the year uh, with a Michael Clayton, No Country for Old Men, Atonement, Juno, or There Will Be Blood. It's on our website. Take the poll. It's at the bottom of the first page right there. All right. Coming up next, we've got our interview with Oscar-nominated actress, Golden Globe Award winner and Spirit Award winner, Sally Kirkland, coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond once again, and today I have the great pleasure of having Academy Award nominee Golden Globe winner, Sally In, Kirkland. Independent Spirit Award yes, winner. Yes, the Spirit Award. I think I got the third one um, when they first started in a restaurant in La Cienega back in the 80s, and Geraldine Page was the year before me, and I got to present to Jodie Foster the next year. Wow. Jeez, that's amazing. Now you have to pay 16000 to get a table there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch it on TV when I can. Um, your career spans so many different things. Um, I know, you, I and mean, maybe this isn't true, but I hear so many actors or actresses, and they say if they're in film, they don't want to do TV. If they're in TV, they, they'd like to do film, but they, they don't. it's hard to cross over. And, and But your career, I mean, you've done TV, you've done movies. Stage. Uh, stage. And, it's, and, it's and I started as a model because my mother was Fashion Over Vogue, and, and then Life, back when Life was like television is now. And so I was sort of in front of the camera from five on. She was the first person to put multiple models on one page, and Irving Penn took my picture. And then Henry Luce hired her, and she was the first person to hire black, Gordon Parks. And 
first person to bring Italian fashion to this country, and hmm. Giorgio Di Santangelo. So from a very young age, I love to dress up. I love to get in front of the camera. Um, like Paris Hilton is sort of the girl of the year now. I was the girl of the year back in New York in the late 60s. And so it was a fun way to grow up, to have a mother who was so uh, fashionable and, and um, a, a very uh, well-known journalist with the same name, Sally Kirkland. She and Dinah Vreeland and one other woman, Eugenia Shepard, were the fashion group. So um, I had to find something to do where I wouldn't lose my identity. And so I was either going to be a designer, a painter, or an actor. So I ended up, um, I ha I, the, 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 the dress I wore the Oscars this year, I did design. Although a 20-year-old genius um, rabbinical student, former rabbinical student, actually made it. And genius. Um, you have to go on... 2007 Oscar um, Google me mm -hmm. and you'll see how I combine my artwork into the dress with bright red and gold and aqua and blue and like Isadora Duncan whirling around like performance art yeah. like don't just go and stand there on the red carpet go and dance you know yeah. but I feel that um, that I've been gifted by God with a lot of different interests and um desires to be able to do it all you know to be able to paint my poetry and make films and, and, play and you piano. say your your pictures people can see them on your website sallykirkland.com yeah and um, yeah i do an art show in malibu every summer and i had a one-woman show and on melrose in la a couple years back um i usually paint women and i'm in love with joan of arc so i do a lot of joan of arc and frida kahlo and Botticelli type women, very. Um, sometimes I give them blue hair, or yeah. very Picasso esque and hmm. Matisse. And I'll have to look that up. Yeah. But I started with Andy, of course, who was a painter, Andy Warhol. And my mother had given him his first publicity in the pages of Life with the Campbell soup can and his shoes. Mm -hmm. And then he fell in love with my mother, and so inevitably he got to know me, and he kept wanting to take pictures of me and interview me. And I said, no, 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 I'm an overground actress. I'm not an underground actress, because at the time I was a member of the actor Studio. I still am. And so I had this whole arrogance about not being an underground actor. That's why you don't see me in more books about Andy. It's my own stupidity. But what I did do was I was in 13 Most Beautiful Women I was with Edie Sedgwick and Viva and Mary Jane Holzer and Nico. And yeah. I was supposed to be Edie Sedgwick's grandmother and factory girl this year, but uh, I understand that the Sedgwick family may not have liked the depiction of Grandma Sedgwick, and I was X'd out. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Andy was my friend, and um, just before he died... Um, he gave me and Paulina Poroskova our first real publicity on his show, Everybody's a Star, for 15 Minutes on MTV. And we launched Anna, for which I got all those awards. Right, yeah. My name is Anna Rokova. I come from Prague. That was fun, talking to the young man from Poland, because it was actually, a, there he is, it was a Polish film, but we had to change it to Czech because of legal reasons. But uh, interesting, Poland has been very good luck for me. Hmm. And yeah. Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Do I'm you just saying uh, Eastern Europe has more or less made my career. <laughs> do, do you prefer uh, any television over, over movies or movies over television or, or oh, stage? Or is there any that's your favorite? Yeah, I think I prefer a really great stage performance in movies over any television I've been allowed to do so far. Um, I did get to do a wonderful character in The Haunted, a true story for which I got the... Um, 
Golden Globe nomination for Best Actress in a Movie on Television, where the woman was haunted by entities, and she was Catholic, and the Catholic Church wouldn't help her, and she went on TV and exposed the uh, hypocrisy of churchianity versus real spiritual need. And for that, they they play it all the time, the haunted a true story. Um, I love working with Ron Howard in the film Ed TV, uh, playing Matthew McConaughey's mom. I love working with Kevin Costner, directed by Tony Scott in Revenge. Of course, I love having my whole career started by, by Robert Redford and Streisand and the Sting and the way we were and Stars Born. Was that one of your first... What, what, what was your first... Andy Warhol, 1964. That was my first film. But I had been acting on stage since I was 10, and I started making money in 1961, I think, with James Earl Jones off Broadway. It was called The Love Nest. So I did 10 years of New York stage before The Sting and the way that, the way that we were called me to Hollywood. And I started with Rip Torn in a film called Coming Apart in New York, which was a stationary camera, and it was considered very ahead of its time. We made it for 35000 so the whole film was done with a stationary camera and a mirror. And that, later on, was copied uh, somewhat, a lot of it, I Don't Look Back, Julie Christie, Donald Sutherland, Sex Lives and Videotapes. Mm -hmm. So I tend to have done a lot of cutting-edge stuff, like I was talking about the first nudity ever, you know. I'm nude in three films this year. One with uh, Rob Schneider directing called Big Stan. And I decided, why should women my age stop liking their bodies so I have a nude scene uh, with Emmett Walsh who's was terrified and shaking in the bed and then I have a love scene with Nick Nolte in Off the Black uh, which is a baseball term you know the, the black uh, thing that the, the pitchers and the batters the uh, catchers and the batters stand on and, um, and then I have another love scene uh, I did three love scenes this year which is sort of unusual N nudity, yeah. um, partial nudity, um, which is great, you know, because I was a dancer initially, and then I broke my ankle so many times. And so if you're a dancer, you sort of, you want the whole body to tell the story. Like, I tell my students, do it all with your eyes and your, and your, and your body language. So that if someone comes from another country and they don't, un they don't speak the language like Cho in Japan, he gets it anyway through what's going on with the eyes and the body language. Yeah. Well, the the film that we just viewed. Um, this is the second time I've seen it. Uh, it it's thank it's you, such Brian, an emotional for that movie. I mean, it really is a good movie. I was very. I make you cry. It, it, I got choked up on it. Yes. Really. It it, it, it was. Uh, you know, it was quite a powerful. I film. think all of us have at some point had our hearts completely open, and then maybe for a second completely shut down. You know, I'll speak for myself. I have. And uh, you feel lost and abandonment. And you feel like, well, enjoy it while you can because this may not always be here. But the fact that she found this man, this, this younger black saxophone player in a mental hospital and went home with him to his truck, lived in a truck, it, it to me it gives you the message that it doesn't matter the age and it doesn't matter the circumstance. If you find someone to laugh with and to cuddle with, you know, that's all you need in life. And I feel sorry for all of us. Well, you're married, but I feel sorry for me in the moments when I've spent months and sometimes years alone, you know, with a lot of students and a lot of friends, but nobody to cuddle with. Mm -hmm. And I think this film really brings home the message that 
if you have that, it doesn't matter the money. It doesn't matter even the image. Yeah, and you could see that in that, that one scene where you're sitting there at the table and he leans over and gives you a kiss. Uh-huh. And it just shows how, you know, like you say, that they had nothing but they had each other. Yeah, it was, it which was, is more than enough. Yeah, yeah. It was. And they had a sense of acceptance of their where they were at in their life. And I would think if I was that young writer, you know, frustrated at not getting my script out... And I ran into people like that. It's a little bit like Harold and Maude in its way. Um, there's wonderful films where unlikely characters meet each other and find love, you know. Um, I should mention it's, it's called Blind Spot. I, I, when I said the film we just saw, people naturally are not going to know what we're talking about. It was Blind Spot. Blind Spot. And, it's a and it is going movie. around to different festivals. And we were just invited because of you all today to Japan. Yep. That's exciting. I've never been invited to Japan yeah. with a film before. That's a first. That'll you guys be, did that. That'll be exciting. I mean, gee. Let's hope that between us all we can afford to get me there. <laughs> um, there he is. Um, uh, I want to mention some films that you might be seeing in the near future of mine. Um, there's a film, A-List, that I co-produced and cast David Carradine and Daphne Zuniga and... Um, Renee Taylor and Joe Bologna's son, Gabe Bologna, and Lee Taylor Young makes fun of the A-list. And uh, we just won the Audience Award in Milan. And I got to co-produce that. And then I uh, star with Jeremy Renner and Gabriel Union and Neo Ned, where he thinks he's he's the um, neo-Nazi skinhead and his girlfriend, African-American, Gabriel Un, terrific, of course. Uh, she thinks she's Hitler's reincarnation. And I'm the white trash mother who goes on TV and says what a great mom I am and my husband's in jail and that's floating around there in the festival circuit I think we won eight film festival awards Wow! and um, I just finished co-producing with Jeremy London um, Under Siege which is sort of a desperate hours kind of plot where my whole family's under siege and I as the grandmother saved the day and then right after that I did um, Resurrection Mary a ghost story that took place in Chicago and then with Kristen Cavallari and, and Josh Henderson, who's dating Paris Hilton, and Lou Diamond Phillips, I did uh, Fingerprints, which is which won the Tribeca Horror Film Festival. And uh, there's two companies now talking about bringing it out early 2008. And I told you about Rob Schneider's film. He directs me and David Carradine, Scott Wilson, and Big Stan. And then I did a contemporary Richard III playing Queen Margaret this year. I'm going to see the first screening of that on another week you've been very vivid very busy well that was the point i was trying to make is that we have to create promote and allow our own lives we can't sit and wait for the phone you know just once you get the word out that you're a doer things come to you but if you sit and wait for your agent or your manager sometimes they don't i'm a strong believer in marketing i'm a strong believer in you know advertising and networking and meeting as many people as possible I have my own radio internet show every Monday. Have uh, HealthyLife.net, Sally Kirkland, 10 to 11 every Monday on the net. Goes to 40 countries. And then I do um, Sally Kirkland and Friends on Time Warner and Channel 36 in West Hollywood. And so I get to say whatever I want without anyone censoring me. You know, you wonder sometimes if things are rumors or what. But they were talking the other day on one of those uh, entertainment shows that 
they are making an Anna Nicole movie. Oh, and already. I'm up for the mother. And is is that was that just a rumor, or is, or can you even mention? That? I know sometimes yeah. things can't be mentioned before. No, that I can mention. Um, the casting director called and said, "Would I be available to do a cameo star role?" And I said, "Sure." And he said, "Well, they were still working on the script, and it would be Virgie." And I was thinking. God, how much weight would I be putting on? <laughs> you know, I'm, right. I'm trying to take off all of this weight you just saw on blind spot. But, you know, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow did it for a role, didn't she? She put on I know yeah. different actors yeah, and different actresses actors. do that. No, I think she's a fascinating character, Virgie. I would do it in a second if they offered it to me. Hmm. Um, no, that is true. The thing I can't talk about, um, publicity will come out about it um, by the end of May, I think. So, uh, so look look for some more <laughs> exciting things from Sally Kirkland, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, there's 20 films. I, I, I'm sitting here. If I had my IMDb, I could tell you more, but uh, uh, out of the blue. And it's such a tarch, touching, heartbreaking film with Nick Nolte, Timothy Hutton, Trevor uh, Morgan, and myself. Um, and he plays a father whose son never appreciated him, and the kid Trevor's father, Timothy Hutton, never got along with him. And so... Nick and he find each other, and one thing leads to another, and, and Nick finds out he's dying of cancer, and he isn't sure if he wants to go through the whole thing of living on with the pain. And he decides it's his last gesture to go to his high school reunion for the first time in his life, and he doesn't want them to think he doesn't have a son who doesn't like him, so he talks this kid into going with him as his son. And who should he run into but his high school sweetheart, Sally Kirkland? And... Ray, Ray, is that you? What have you been doing all these years? <laughs> anyway, we go into this love scene like it was yesterday, which I think is so cute. I mean, I love Diane. I got to be in Jack Nicholson's E! Entertainment biography, and I, I applauded him for helping mature women's stories get made. And had he not joined that film, it had to be you. No, no, um, Something's Got to Give with yep. Diane Keaton. Then they wouldn't have had that wonderful middle-aged older nude scene or whatever yeah yeah and yeah. uh and i really thanked him publicly on on television for doing that because then that makes it possible for me to do this scene with nick and this film that comes out that's out right now on dvd it had to be you well there's so many great actresses and actors that that would would be great on films but they they tend you know all you ever see is the 20-year-olds, you know. Yeah, and, well, and that's happening Not that they're not more. good, but, you know, I mean, I mean there's so really many great That's really a trend that started about five years ago. It's a little frightening that you can't open one magazine without seeing the same story in five different magazines, and you just read it with a slightly different twist the week before. And as the daughter of Vogue and Life, what life used to be, where you'd see heroes, but enough already of... Uh, the twenty-year-olds. I, I think America was great when we were really proud of diverse people, and no matter what race, creed, religion, circumstance, mm -hmm. if they made a mark. Rosa Parks. If somebody like my mother hiring the first black and almost losing her job, Gordon Parks. Like you know, that's the kind of thing that interests me. And so, I'm on the uh, I'm on the international. Uh, I'm on the uh, board of directors for the. Um, Well, anyway, the the organization that that is created by African Americans that shows only diverse films. So every year at Diversity Awards, you'll see me up there, hosting or presenting, and trying to get more Asians involved and more Latinos and mm -hmm. African Americans and Native Americans. 
Mm. I've often felt more black and yellow and Native American and Latino than I do American. I don't know why. Maybe it's my past lives. Mm. You know, I think as a woman in this industry, um, it, it, you really have to have a sense of humor because in Europe, the older you get, the more like Catherine Deneuve, you know, um, Jean Moreau, more respected you get in yeah. this country, the more, like this character said, like a piece of tissue you get thrown away. Yeah, that was, so, a beautiful, that was a, quite a line. <laughs> just the line was powerful, you know. Just when Well, that was Lucas doing. He yeah. wrote that. I do hope he shows up tonight. I know his intention is to be here. Um, maybe they got lost. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> but he's really Italian, you know, and we had some fights on this film, you know. Italian machismo. At one point, he cut out one of my scenes, and oh, really? he had to fight me for that. And uh, so, was an, how does that? How do you handle that when you're the well? Luckily, I had a plastic glass, so I threw the plastic glass at the wall rather than a glass glass. Um, I say to him, "Look, I'm the associate producer. You have to talk to me as a producer. You can't just talk to me as a director." He says, "Well, I'm the director, writer," and I said, "Well, I'm the star associate producer. So we have to come in one accord." And uh, I just encourage young people to, to be Renaissance men and women, to do it all, not to pick just one thing. It's too frustrating to pick one art. You know, If I had to do it again, I would have gone to film school. And uh, I mean, I have directed, like I said, Showtime and been asked. Roger Corman's always asking me to direct his film. But um, so far, I prefer producing. It's a little less stressful. Unless I can find a script that's like a small cast, like some of these shorts, you know, and then just it's about the directors and a great cameraman, mm -hmm. then I'll be directing. I'll probably be directing the next two years. I've been asked. Um, it's a natural way to go, um, particularly when you teach every day of your life. Um, I teach film acting, so I'm always telling them what to do in front of the camera. So I just, I guess I've been shy about going out and getting the whole crew and the whole, you know, technical side of things. But um, some of the people that I've been proud to have touched their careers, Bobby De Niro, I met in 1968, and brought him by the hand to Shelley Winters, who brought us both to Roger Corman, thus came Bloody Mama. And um, Rebecca De Mornay and Amy Madigan were students of mine, and... Um, like I said, Brad Pitt was a, he was a, the prop master in a play I was doing for Sam Shepard and the leading man got sick and I said, oh, well, I can teach him acting and he went on next thing you know, he's a movie star and then when he had to leave to do a movie, Gary Sinise came in and then he left to be a movie star. That's quite um, a list. <laughs> John Corbett I picked up in a bar and we started dating. Next thing you know, I got him a screen test for, uh, Northern Exposure and, um, Liza Minnelli asked me to coach her. She wanted to learn how to cry on cue. And I taught her to use all of her life, the good and the bad. And so she'd go to Vegas and she'd say, that's my acting coach out there in the audience. And she'd have her father on screen, Vincent Minnelli, and the tears be streaming at her face. And like I said, Barbara Streisand, when she says, Papa, do you hear me? That was a coaching session hmm. with Sally, with Method. And uh, Roseanne, I taught to cry on cue, and the woman who loved Elvis, and I played Johnny Galecki's mother on the series Roseanne. Yeah. Felicity's art teacher on Felicity, and Tracy, and Days of Our Lives. And, um, 
I've gotten to work with so many great people. Eric Roberts was great to work with and the best so of the best. So many people got to work with you. Oh, That's Brian. <laughs> no, thank you. I've had a very privileged life, and, and even um, some of the scary moments. I've been at gunpoint, knife point, almost strangled to death, almost died with the silicone poisoning. There's still always been something to go out and teach after that. You know, it gives you that much more empathy and compassion for what people go through. So I'm a strong believer in embracing all of the experiences you go through because you can put it into a performance or into a painting or into a piece of poetry or into a song or into a piece of directing a film. Everything that happens to us in our life can be transmuted into art. And the proudest thing I ever did in my life was to get ordained Reverend Sally Kirkland in the Church of the Movement of Spiritual Inner Awareness. And you can go on msia.org and see all the teachings and what I'm about there. And um, so when you're a minister, you try and edit all of your negative thoughts and your negative actions. Like I saw myself be a real bitch there. <laughs> and I thought, i got to find a way after to apologize because that's not the real me. Um, but I really did think I was being set up. I thought, we're going to have cowboy music through this whole film. <laughs> no, unfortunately, there was a... Uh, technical Glitch. difficulty and then no one was up there at the moment when the, the film ended so that's why and then you that... had to listen to me complain about nobody <laughs> nobody's ever in the projection booths anymore wherever you go when i took anna around the world and all the film festivals there were still people in the projection booths and i'd have to say bring up the volume move the thing over i mean the producer in me is really a producer it's not name only i yeah. get very concerned that the sound is right and the image is right and um, I check. I did. I co. I co-produced a film this year that the name, that the word Oscar was mentioned twice by critics, for me called Coffee Date. And actually, I'm up for the Glitter Awards now for Best Supporting Actress up against my student Sandra Bullock, oh. <laughs> and uh, my my co-star Parker Posey from Adam and Steve. I've done a lot of gay movies. Um, Adam and Steve, Coffee Date, What's Up, Scarl, that I play the mother of a lesbian. Strong believer in supporting the gay community. When Yoko saw the script of Adam and Steve and how they get married at the end, she gave us John Lennon singing love from, um, um, you know. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. Their company for next to nothing. And I got to, being a minister, I got to write the whole ceremony of Adam marrying Steve the way I would in real life if it were legal, but I yep. do it spiritually. And he was Jewish and the other one was quote Christian and so I had to combine it and make it work for everybody new age style and there was John Lennon singing underneath me I mean does it get better than acting over John Lennon does it get better than having Bob Dylan be a friend you know for right you were 30 mentioning years? that in the theater uh, he's taught Bob me so much he's taught me that you know you never stop working no matter what because the work begets the work and it keeps your soul going and and if you're a true artist you don't let anyone stop you. You just, if no one's hiring you, then you reinvent yourself. You know. It's quite a coincidence that you're here, and you've mentioned Bob Dylan many times, and uh, also his film that uh, Mickey Jones made, his documentary was, was being played. And yeah, I wanted to see it. I know, I it's missed not, it, is too. Is it going to be playing tomorrow again? I don't know. I'll have to look and see. But uh, Well, I met Bob backstage at Carnegie Hall, like in around 62 or 3, and... Um, I had known Freddie Hellerman from Peter Paul and Mary from the Weavers, and uh, he introduced me to Peter Paul and Mary, and they 
they were all at Carnegie Hall, and I remember meeting Bob Dylan, looking in his eyes and saying, oh, my God, I know you from so many lifetimes, and then not hooking up with him until 75 or 76 when he was legally separated and I was legally separated, and then fell in love head over heels. And it was sort of like same time next year for 20-something years, you know? Yeah. You'll never hear about it from him. He's more private than I am. But he, he's been my muse all my life and great lover and great friend and great, um, I like to watch it. He's a painter, you know. Oh, I actually I got him his deal with his art book. That same editor at Random House wanted to do my life story and Ely Kazan talked me into waiting until I was older. Uh, but Bob actually wanted me to talk about everything, but I was scared at the it, moment. It's amazing how... Um, so many talented people, entertainers, um, go from one type of you know, film or music or something like that, like yourself, into painting. Bob Dylan, uh, Paul McCartney, you yeah. know, they've gone into painting, and, and uh, you see, you have. I think Would I you see like that to hear often. me chant some Hindi? Some Hindi. <laughs> Hindi. Here goes. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave, Satchitananda Mohorhataye, Nishprapanjaya Shantaye. Nidalambaya tejase Om Triambakam Yajamahe Sukandim Pushtivadanam Urwadu Kamikabandanam Rityor Mukshya Mamrutat Om Shanti 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 Peace, peace, peace. Sounds very relaxing. Yeah, I do that on my Access show in West Hollywood, which I do live every thirty night, every Thursday night, and I put my students and Tennessee Williams, Christopher Durang, David Ray. How do you have Noah time Coward. to do all the things that you? Because I'm a workaholic. Bob taught me wow. that, <laughs> and I live with Nick Nolte, and he's a workaholic. And when you, when certain people uh, are around you, you just you almost get embarrassed to be sitting there doing nothing because you're watching so much brilliance being done around you. Hmm. I've written 270 pages of my book. Eventually it'll come out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd like to do a one-woman show at one point of stories of my life. Um, and uh, I love going around to festivals. I love it. How does it um, how does it feel when they they announce the nominees for an Oscar? Was that I mean I, I oh yeah I'll never know what that's Shirley MacLaine, I she's a friend of mine. She she and Robert Wise announced my name and wow, my mother kept saying, "Darling, you're so egotistical. How can you even think that you're going to be nominated?" And I said, "Well, that's fine. You can feel that way, but I choose to believe that it's going to happen." And, you know, that year it was pretty tough. Meryl Streep and Glenn Close and Holly Hunter and Cher. So I knew it was a very long shot. But I was so proud of having gotten the L.A. Film Critics Award, the Independent Spirit Award, and the Women in Film Award, and the Golden Globe Award, that by the time it came to the Oscars, I thought, hey, man, I mean, you know, just being here in this company, well, I, that, I won, I mean, you know. I, I, remember I wouldn't have wanted to been a judge because <laughs> the, the, the talent in there is just, you know, It was just very incredible. much of an honor to be with those women. And I remember Jack Nicholson came over, my mother, who drank some vodka, she had dark glasses, and Jack said, Mrs. Kirkland, your daughter's very talented. And he had been the first to tell me person to convince me I was really talented with a film called Coming Apart I did with Rip Torn in 68. He was dating Michelle Phillips at the time and, and he just went on and on about this film. And 
you know, when you hear that from Jack Nicholson back in 1968, it it, it, it takes you some years, you know. Yeah. I met Bob when I was like 20, 21, and, you know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of women have been in love with Bob Dylan, but, you know, I'm someone who lives out my fantasies, you know. And so he kept me going many years when the goings was tough. He was one that told me to get the implants out. Hmm. And, and he would know because he made love to me a lot. He said, you're much prettier without them. What are you doing? And I said, well, they won't hire me for the films. They, they uh, say I'm flat-chested. And he said, oh, better without. Hmm. So you see, sometimes men really are the driving force behind women. And just before we saw the film today, I had a long talk with Nick. And he said, God bless you, Sally. You're out there. Another film festival. Because he's someone that really believes in film festivals. I said, yeah, I'm trying to spread the word about our film coming out this week, Up the Black, you know. Well, I hope I hope we can uh, help get the word out. Yeah. Um, this is another film I did, Spiritual Warriors. I'm in um, Robert Easton, a guy named Jesus Garcia, Lee Taylor Young, myself. And then I was part of the PR team for Peaceful Warrior that Nick starred in that just 5 million people saw in L.A. Thank you, Universal, a couple of weeks ago. Um, they have a new marketing plan. And my, my spiritual teacher, John Roger, of 38 years, um, he taught a man named Michael in Philadelphia who taught a man named Dan Millman who wrote the book Way of the Peaceful Warrior. So 25 years later, I hear my own spiritual teacher's words in this movie. So I'm a believer that we can all go home to God this lifetime, that we don't have to keep reincarnating and being in human pain, that if we just serve our brothers and sisters and if we t- assume responsibility and accountability for what happens for us and we don't allow ourselves to be victims. I mean, yeah, 32 people were victims the other day, but that was also maybe one of the most important wake-up calls that ever happened, you know, for the gun laws and everything. Yeah. And so those souls may have made a deal with the karmic board and with, with, with God before they came into their bodies that that's how they were going to go out. They were going to sacrifice a long life in order to wake people up that we have to stop this. You know, the yeah. same with my girlfriend Lana in the Phil Spector case, you know. Um, you know, she wasn't a B-movie actress and she wasn't a restaurant host. She was a brilliant stage actress who was working on her one-woman show, um, doing everything from playing Little Richard you know, to who knows what. She's so funny. Roger Corman, who did start her off, saw it and said, she's a female Jack Nicholson. Hmm. I said, I'm jealous. You never said that about me. <laughs> but anyway, you don't see the papers talk about that. You see the papers call her a hostess. And, and uh, light to all of that. Light to everything. We have to remember to love it all, forgive it all. We have to remember to be in the now, let go of the past. We have to remember that we're all each other's teachers and we always have one more chance when we fall down to get up brush ourselves off and most of all i think we have to remember to let go of the pain and be in the now you know otherwise we become garbage collectors you know it gets heavier and heavier and heavier but um the people here in in um, livermore i never heard of the place before this week have been so sweet to me and so kind and i thought wow this is a whole new village of people I never knew about. Everybody seems happily married, unlike L.A., you know. Okay. okay. Well, listen, all of you, I hope there's been something for you in this. And if not, um, even though I, I stopped doing email three years ago because I was getting emotionally drained, um, I do make phone calls when it's important, particularly on the weekends, particularly to women 
with silicone. You know, I mean, I know people have died from that. And two struggling artists. I'm not giving anything away for free here, but I will if I sense someone is really hurting. The Reverend Sally Kirkland will step in. And uh, the number is on my website, sallykirkland.com. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. Well, God bless you, Brian, for making me feel taken care of here. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Well, once again, I want to thank Sally Kirkland for taking the time to talk to us. A very interesting person. Uh, Gave us a lot of information and uh, want to um, just say thanks once again. All right. And it's just about time to finish up another episode of On Screen and Beyond. And as I said, if you would like to go to our website and take our poll, what movie do you think will be the best picture for this year? All right. And uh, the nominees were Atonement, Juno, Michael Clayton, No Country for Old Men, and There Will Be Blood. If you go to our website, onscreenandbeyond.com, scroll down to the bottom of the first page, the home page, you will see the little poll there, and you can... Just click on the one you think, and we'll find out how our listeners think compared to the Oscar voters and see if you think that um, which movie you think will be the best picture of the year, or which should be the best picture, which you think should be the best picture. Uh, right now, the um, it's going, you know, different ones are getting, it's early, so uh, they're they're getting bounced around. This one will be in the lead, then that one will be a lead. But uh, go to the website and... Uh, Take your pick. Tell me what you think. All right? And that just about does it. Uh, Until the next time, this is Brian Zermark saying, take care. (laughs) 